the value of achtos, of unity among Jews, is something which is relevant to all of the Shalash Regalim. After all, the Gemara Chagiga Davchavav tells us that during the Shalash Regalim, when all the Jews had to come to Yushalayim, had to be Olam Regal and go to the base of Migash, every Jew, no matter his religious knowledge or general level of observance, was given the status of a Chaver. They were considered Chaverim, that is to say they were trusted at the highest level of Trumas and Maestros, and as the Rambam and others explain, this was because there needs to be a certain level of equality in order to engender a certain trust, which is the basis of any kind of achdus. And if you had a situation in which there were Jews who couldn't eat with each other because they couldn't trust each other's kashrus, you couldn't trust if someone had separated the trumos and the maestros, etc., how could you truly have any kind of achdus? And therefore, the very fact that this halacha exists highlights the fact that whether it's Pesach, Shavuos, or Sukkot, there is a goal, absolutely, in a lay motif of every one of the regalim, of achdus, of Jewish unity. Nevertheless, we certainly should acknowledge that there seems to be an additional, unique, extra emphasis of achdus when it comes to the holiday of Sukkot. After all, we're familiar from our davening with the phrase, Hapares Sukkot Shalom, Ufros Aleinu Sukkot Shalomecha. The term of Sukkah and Shalom juxtaposed to each other is certainly highlighting this idea that Shalom is a phenomenon dafka when it comes to the Sukkah. Similarly, there are mafarshim such as the Kafachayim, who says something amazingly, that if a person is a Zahir, is careful to observe the mitzvah of sukkah properly, he'll be rewarded with shalom in his house all year. Pretty incredible skula uh, there from the Kafachayim. Furthermore, of Chaim Palaji in his Moed L'Kolchai says that sukkah is a time of achlus, just like we were unified under the Anane HaKavod, so too throughout all of history, sukkah is an opportune time to focus on achlus. And all of this is only in addition to the super-famous medrash that we're all familiar with in Vayikra Parshalamid, that the four different species that we take, the Arba Minim, the Lulav, the Esrog, the Hadassim, and the Ravos, represent four different types of Jews, and we take them all, Bagur Achas, together to symbolize the unity of all the Jews. So there is certainly a extra, special, unique focus of Achdos and unity and Shalom on Sukkot. And of course, this begs the question, why should that be? Why Sukkot, more than any other holiday, do we emphasize this theme, both in the Sukkah and in the Arba Minim, of Achtos, of Shalom between Jews? So I want to share with you briefly three possible interpretations. One insight is suggested by Rav Dessler in the Mikhtab Me'eliyahu in Chelek Beis, where he says that we know from Chazal that among the different miracles that the Jewish people were blessed with in the desert, each one corresponded to one of the three leaders Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. Moshe, in his chos, we had the Mon, Miriam, the Be'er, the Well of Water, but the Ananei HaKavod, which are the basis of the miracle on the holiday of Sukkot, that miracle is in the merit of Aharon HaKohen. We know that Aaron, as the Mishnah and Perkei tells us, was the paragon of Ohev Shalom, Verodev Shalom. Aaron didn't just get along with everybody, he made sure that everyone else got along with each other. His whole life's mission was to make sure the Jews got along with each other, that there was inner harmony and shalom, and therefore, since the holiday of Sukkot and the mitzvah of Sukkah is a commemoration and an eternal memorial and testimonial to the Anani HaKavod, which we got in the merit of our own, so therefore, as part of our celebration of Sukkot and the mitzvah of Sukkah, we have an extra dose, an extra emphasis on shalom as a tribute to Aaron, who is the source of everything that eventually became the holiday of Sukkot. 
A second possible answer we can suggest, uh, based on an idea which I've spoken about in previous shurim and over the years, in the name of Rav Kook, and I more recently saw this uh, somewhat similar idea from the Svasemes. And they both explain, both Rav Kook and before him, the Svasemes, that the natural state of the Jew is actually to be b'shalom, b'achdos. However, throughout the course of the year, we're all imperfect, fallible human beings, and we sin. We sin in a myriad of different ways. But sin isn't just a question of, you know, rebellion or not, or obedience to Hashem. There's a metaphysical reality to sin, and that is that it's kind of like, just like if you eat the wrong foods, it could clog your arteries. So too, if you behave in the wrong way, spiritually, the neshama gets clogged. Or if you prefer a slightly different metaphor, it's like schmutz. It's a layer of dirt and grime and grease that covers over the neshama, clogs it, obfuscates its, and gets in the way of its natural status, which would be to be b'shalom. And therefore, over the course of the year, because of our sin, so unfortunately, an unnatural situation evolves and develops in which we are, unfortunately, very often in machlokes, and all the jokes and cliches about two Jews and three opinions emerge from a unnatural state. However, with Rosh Hashanah and then Yom Kippur, we have the tahara, we have the the uh, purifying process of tshuva and of achtos naturally returns. Because we do tshuva, because we wash away the sin, we wash away the dirt, the grime, and the grease that has clogged our spiritual arteries, we return to the natural state of achtos. And therefore, it's only natural that sukkah and sukkahs being right after Yom Kippur, it naturally flows into a focus on achtos. So that is a second and very beautiful idea. But last but not least, I wanted to share an idea which uh, finds its roots perhaps in a comment of the Maharal. The Maharal of Prague in the Gvuras Hashem in Perak Mem Gimel tells us something interesting about Machlokes as opposed to Shalom. Says the Maharal, and now I'm quoting, Achiluk bein b'nei adam hu davar gashmi. When there's Machlokes, when there's differences in a very unhealthy way between human beings, that is something that is by nature a result of physicality. Ha'achtus, however, when it comes to unity, hu'inyan eloki, that is godly and more spiritual. Ki'achtus shayach b'inyan nivdal min ha'geshem. Va'achiluk v'hapirud tamid gashmi. Says the Maharal that chiluk, pirud, machlokes, those kind of differences, they are by definition physical and results and byproducts of physicality that is part of this world. However, shalom is by nature and by its essence a more spiritual, holy, and pure uh, situation. Something very, very fascinating. In other words, says the Maharal, or what emerges from what the Maharal says, is that when we're in a more natural, spiritual state, Mamela, there is, the natural state of spirituality is to be one of unity. However, physicality, he doesn't say sin, the way the Svasamis of Cook says it. He says it's just a nature of physicality, that the more physical something is, we know physical uh, components, by definition, the physical components of the world are distinct. However, spirituality is completely uh, all-encompassing, and therefore, to the extent that we're more spiritual, says the Maharal, we are, by definition, more b'shalom and unified. To the extent that we allow physicality and an emphasis on physicality and gashmias to be part of our life, memela, the different components and the diversity in an unhealthy sense, which is a necessarily uh, present part of, characteristic of the physical world, 
creeps into our spiritual as well. Now, I wouldn't add, just on my own, that on the one hand, it sounds very beautiful. On the other hand, one could certainly make the case, one could naturally ask and be somewhat skeptical, even incredulous. How could the morale say that spirituality is necessarily and inherently more shalomdik as opposed to a machlokes, which is more of a physical thing? After all, there's so much machlokes in the religious world, and I don't need to specify or belabor or elaborate on that point. We all know this to be the case in our own generation and certainly for all of Jewish history. So how can the morale, you know, with a straight face, so to speak, say, oh, the more spiritual you are, the more b'shalom you will be. When we've seen, of course, over the centuries that this is not true. But I think the obvious and intuitive answer to that, um, which we could say more as a svara, but I'll even ground this svara, I'll anchor the svara in a comment of the Rambam in the parish of Mishnayis, in the second parish of Mesechah's Damai, where he points out that, as we previously saw a phrase, chaver, that in the time of the Gemara, in the time of Chazal, they would often refer to a learned person as a chaver. So we use that, and we discussed that uh, previously in one of our earlier answers. But why is that, by the way? Just whenever you learn Mishnayis or Gemara, why is it that uh, we refer to someone who's learned in a, on a high level of observance? Why would we refer to them as a Chaver. So the Rambam says, Ki chevratam ze leze chevra ne'amana kihi l'shem shamaim. Says the Rambam, this alludes to the fact that people who are of great tamir chachamim, of course people are social, people have friends, but the type of friends, the type of interpersonal relationships that a true tamir chacham has, their relationships are a chevra ne'amana, a chaver, it's people who are pursuing spiritual growth and relationship with Hashem totally sincerely, without personal agenda. And therefore, Mamela, their friendships are ones that are not bogged down by pettiness and jealousy and all sorts of backbiting, the way typical human relationships and interactions might be uh, held back. But rather, the ultimate model of friendship is when two people are sharing a common goal of spirituality, and without any personal agenda. He l'shem shamayim, the Rambam puts it. So I think just using that Rambam as one possible source or an anchor, uh, we can say simply that the reason that despite what the Maharal says, that spirituality in its essence it should be shalomdik. The reason, unfortunately, there's so much machlokas, even among people who are ostensibly spiritual, is that they are not, to use the Rambam's terminology, chaver uh, ne'aman, and it's not always L'Shem Shemayim. So unfortunately, again, without judging or casting aspersions on anyone in particular, <coughs> uh, I am not going to throw stones when I am in my own glass house. But I think if we're being honest about our current situation, our personal lives, and certainly people over history, I think it's clear that inherently and implicitly, and should be, that things that are more spiritual are more ba'achtos. If you really care about Hashem, then you shouldn't have a personal agenda. There should be no reason to have machlokas. However, unfortunately, when people are low l'shem shamayim, so of course machlokas creeps in. Getting back to the maral, so the maral again says that spirituality is something that is naturally uh, in a state of peace, of inner harmony, of shalom. So therefore, one could suggest, and I saw a similar idea uh, suggested in the Sefer Kuntrisp in Yenei by Rav Karelenstein Zatzal, that perhaps this is why there's such an emphasis on shalom in on Sukkot, because on Sukkot we are potentially and hopefully in a more spiritual level, because the whole theme of the mitzvah of Sukkah is diras arai. We go out of our homes, our diras keva, our permanent home, and we go into our temporary, fragile home, the Sukkah, the diras arai. And the whole theme 
of the sukkah in particular is less materialistic, more spiritual-focused life, less focused on physicality and materialism, but rather more on spirituality and idealism. And that is certainly the symbolism and the message of Tzemi Diraskeva, leave your permanent, well-off, nice, fancy home and go into the Diras Arai, which could be made uh, in the terminology uh, that we know of, even Psolas Goren Vayekev, even you know, leftover uh, branches and twigs can be turned into the sukkah. So if that is our, our home, so to speak, for sukkahs, it highlights the fact that we're not focused on physicality, and we're much more removed from physicality and more focused on spirituality. That is an idea which I think is you know, very well grounded in many sources when it comes to sukkahs. So if you put that together with the maharal and the gvuras Hashem, it works out perfectly. The reason that there's such an emphasis on shalom and achdos on sukkahs is because shalom and achdos are the natural state and byproduct of spirituality and a lack of emphasis on physicality. Well, sukkahs, more than any other holiday, is the holiday where, pre-force, we are supposed to be focused more on spirituality and much less on materialism and physicality. And therefore, Mamela, Shalom will be a big theme on the holiday of Sukkot. So we ask the question, why is there such an emphasis of Shalom of Achdos on Sukkot, whether it's through the Arba Minim or through the Sukkah? And we shared three possibilities. The Mechtam Eliyahu says it goes back to Aaron HaKohen and the Anarei HaKavod, and therefore to commemorate Aaron and the Anarei HaKavod, we emphasize Shalom as a testimonial to Aaron, the Sasemis and Rav Kook, that sin is an unnatural mavdil uh, and a mechitza between Jews. And after Yom Kippur, we've been cleansed of that sin and therefore we return to our natural state on Sukkot. And similarly, but I think different in a very profound way, we suggested based on the Maharal that since spirituality is by definition more shalom and more unified as opposed to machlokas, is really a byproduct and pirud is more of a byproduct of physicality and gashmius, well Sukkot is the holiday of dirasarai, of de-emphasizing our material and physical well-being and emphasizing more the fragility of life and the spiritual side of life and therefore Mamela, shalom plays a center role and takes center stage.